When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Playing With Squirrels podcast. Uh, this is the final episode of season one, and then I'm taking a break until September. Uh, and I'm joined by Brooke of the Disneydos podcast that just came out uh, this past Tuesday. Hi everyone! Uh, so, before we get into this episode that we watched, definitely go and check out the Disneydo podcast. Right now, you can find it on iTunes or Geekscape.net. Uh, I just got an email that we're on Google Play as well. Uh, you'll hear my voice occasionally on that show, mm-hmm. but for the most part, it's Brooke and Andrew just talking all things Disney. And drinking wine. And drinking wine. That's which, important. Which apparently is bleeding into this week's episode. It is. I have Scarlet. to finish this glass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the last episode of season one, um, I'm going to say this is actually probably my favorite episode of season one. Uh, I Dream of Feeny. Uh I was kind of taken back. I forgot how heavy this episode can be at times, especially the last like minute and a half is pretty uh it was really dark. I said that a few times while we <laughs> yeah. were watching. I'm like, "Wow, this is kind of dark. What's going on here?" So the episode starts with Corey and Sean in Corey's kitchen, and they're mixing a bunch of stuff together into a blender and and they're making a huge mess and there's two things that I related to immediately, and I don't know if girls ever did this, but I know. When I was a boy in elementary school, very frequently we would, like, take all of our leftovers and mix it into a drink and then pay one of the kids at the table to drink it. Because guys are gross. Why? <laughs> so Why I would you do that? I don't know. Uh, but it was no, something we did, that happened. did all the time. So I'm watching it and I'm like, okay, so that wasn't just in my school. Apparently that was frequent enough that people mm, would do it. I mean, I think in elementary school, like every elementary school, um, the boys would eat paste <laughs> that was a big thing, uh, but never mixing your food together and daring someone to drink it. No, we didn't have access to blenders. I don't know where you. Well, went we didn't to have school. a blender. No, no, it was just a spoon mixed inside the milk carton. Like we would fill like someone have like leftover milk carton and be like, "Hey, here's some bananas," and like, "Oh, I've got like a piece of sandwich," and then we'd mix it and then like. That's disgusting. It was guys. gross. I don't know why we did it. I don't. never really had to Ooh. drink it, so that was fine. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that I related to was Corey's mom doesn't even have to yell at him. He just immediately is like, I'm sorry, I'll yeah. clean it. Like, that's how I was as a kid. Uh, I'm mom... still that way as an adult. I'm just <laughs> like, no, I'm sorry. My mom, one of my mom's favorite stories was when I was a little kid, they used to buy a gallon of milk, and then they would empty it into, like, a pitcher. And I was trying to pour myself a glass of milk, and I kept tilting it further and further, and then I had it upside down, basically, and the bottom of the pitcher dropped out, and all the milk spilled everywhere, and the glass fell and shattered on the t- on the floor. And my mom said, "Is everything okay?" And she started. She said she started walking down the stairs. She was halfway down the stairs, and she just heard, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry." As I just ran past her and went right into my room and just sat there <laughs> waiting, waiting to get punished. <laughs> that's awesome um when i was younger um my siblings and i so sorry about that no problem my um siblings and i would fight you know i'm I'm the third of four 
And my sister would inevitably, like, beat my ass about something. And before my mom could yell at us, I would start to cry. My sister would be like, shh, shh, don't cry, don't cry. Mom's going to yell at us. Mom's going to yell at us. And then my mom would. She'd be like, what are you doing down there? And I, the hurt one, would be like, it's okay, Mom. It was my fault. Like, that would happen. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I'm sure that happened, too. We were, I mean, I was one of four as well, but I was the oldest. Oh, lucky you. (laughs) I had two older siblings who were ready to beat me up any chance they had. See, I got beat up by my younger sister all the time. She was the bully of the family. She pushed me down a flight of stairs. Good for her. Multiple times. Stone stairs. Wow. Ouch. (laughs) And she was a a badass. Um, So one of the many, like, fairly dark... There's a lot of jokes about death in this episode. Like, way more than the normal one. Uh, the very first one is, uh, Feeney said if my grandma dies one more time, he wants to see the body first. Yeah. Which was said by Sean, which is probably the most harmless of the, of the yeah, later jokes. Yeah, that's, that's definitely the lightest one, I would say. Uh, but this is when Corey mentions the idea of sick days. Uh, and it's baffling to, to me, I think that's funny, because now as an adult, it's like, yeah, no, you get Yeah, you, you get, get you get paid time off, <laughs> like, thing. you get sick days. Uh, Topanga's still at her weird period right now doing a pre-test yoga session. Um, and when they walk into class, they find out that Feeney's sick. So, Corey and Sean make up a lie that they're taking a break from geography so that they, uh, can focus on poetry and find out that the substitute teacher is a huge fan of Beowulf and that they have to read all of Beowulf. I definitely had to read Beowulf, but not until, like, high school. I never had to read it. I had to read Grendel and Beowulf. No, I never did any of that. Uh, neither one of them I remember too much. Grendel gets his arm ripped off. That's about as far as I know. Mm, okay. uh, I made a note. This is actually the last episode that features Mencus. Is it really? Yeah, this is the final Mencus episode. He's only in the first season? He's only in the first season. He has a very brief cameo in the graduation episode, and then he doesn't show up again until Girl Meets World. He's only in the first season. Yeah, that kind of blows my mind. I I remember him being such a an integral part of the show that yeah. I just kind of assumed he was in a lot more than just the first season. Yeah, this is a, this is episode twenty two, and he's not in all twenty two episodes, so he's in less than twenty episodes of the show entirely. But he's such. I think it's because the actor who plays Minkus plays that character so well. He plays it in a bunch of other shows too. Like yeah, he's he's that character. He is Minkus in everything that he does. <laughs> um, but this leads to Corey believing that he may have willed Feeney into sickness. He makes the same joke twice, which is that he takes a superhero stance and just like, like he, the first I'm, is like I was lid boy, I'm lid boy, and, I'm and then sick I'm sick boy. boy. Like, and I think he does it throughout most of the first season. I think it's like one of his many catchphrases that didn't continue throughout the yeah. rest of the show. But uh, I, I think this is the first time I've seen it twice in one episode, so it really stuck out it, to me. It also feels very awkward when he does it too. Yeah, it's there's it a lot feels of weird. There's a lot of first season Corey things that I'm glad went away. His obsession with sports was. I was glad that disappeared. His like, <laughs> his I'm blank boy joke. <laughs> I I actually liked his sports thing, um, particularly because they're, they're living in Philly and because we live in the Philly area. I know how crazy the sports fans are. Yeah, I just And that felt like, real. That felt genuine to the I guess for demographic. A, I think for a non-sports fan like myself, I liked the idea that he was like me but worse because he didn't understand any of the basic rules of sports. 
in future episodes. Like, I like that they kind of just made him absent-minded to it. Like, he was so focused on just Topanga and Sean that, like... He forgot everything else. He forgot everything else. Um, Corey gets upset, though, because he hears that Feeney's in the hospital, and now he begins to question if he did it. Um, And it's only made worse when his mom explains about the power of positive energy, uh, which further makes him believe, well, if you can heal someone by sending positive thoughts, then you could hurt someone by sending negative thoughts. Uh, And this leads to probably the first really dark joke, uh, the Fluffy the Cat death joke. That was... Which was, was like, really out of left field. I was going to say, it came out of nowhere and was very unnecessary, I thought. Um, Kind of... It was very crude. Yeah. If you want to tell them the joke. Well, so... So, Feeney's appendix, appendix exploded, and Corey... Which makes sense as a kid is like, yeah, but like our cat died from an operation. Mm-hmm. So like this could be bad. And like, I feel like the joke could have been fine with, yeah, but the cat fell out of a tree. Yeah. And like, if Leave it, it ended there. there, it would have been fine. But it was the cat fell off a tree. The surgery was to reattach his head. It was a gamble from the start. Yeah. Like, Ugh. like oh, it's very, like what? It's vivid. Yeah. Without even being descriptive. Yeah. It's disgusting. It's, it's a really gross... Oh, this felt like a Halloween episode, and it's from... The, it's the final episode of the summer. It does like, feel like a Halloween episode. <laughs> and... Oh, I don't know. That's... To make the cat joke, and then to have them both kind of just, like, be okay with it and not yeah. move on. I would be scarred yeah. if that happened to me, and then my older sibling was like... Well, they were trying to reattach his head. I'd be like, no, I'm no, going to cry. Don't talk ruined, about that. You've ruined my memories of Fluffy. Yeah. Um, the one part that I genuinely laughed at, and I, I think it's a, a joke that will make me laugh every single time in any show, is Corey sits down by the window and he prays for just a sign that Feeney's going to be okay. And then he looks out the window and Feeney has this duck windmill thing. And it, it just falls. It, but it falls so slowly. <laughs> like, it's... It made me literally laugh out loud for a split second. You can tell it's also just not attached to the ground at all. <laughs> it's barely standing and just splat. So then Corey has this surreal dream, which uh, I know you took a offense to one of the lines in there. Yeah. yeah. When he told her to make cupcakes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I heard, yeah. Uh, so Corey has a surreal dream where he convinces the substitute that school is actually pointless and she agrees. Um, and then Feeney walks into the room and they talk about karma and how Feeney probably suffered from stressing people out with all of his homework until it's revealed by Sean that Feeney is a ghost and that he has to follow Corey forever for killing him. Again, it's a dream, but it, the dream keeps going and it yeah. keeps getting dark and darker and darker, um... There's a line that Corey has where his dad asks him why he's drinking coffee, and he says, I always drink coffee after I kill a man, which is a weird... I I kind of like that joke, because it's one of those, like... It's like something I would have said as a kid if I heard someone else say it in a movie. Like, yeah. it just feels like the appropriate thing to say. Uh, but then we get the multiple laughing feenies, and That's it's terrifying. <laughs> That's really creepy, and it, it has, like, that horror feel well his laugh is so creepy in it yeah too. there's just so many he just keeps appearing um but this raises a question that i want to actually ask you 
I don't normally do this. This is something that I was always hoping that this podcast would be like, mm-hmm. but the first 21 episodes are so fluff. Um, Corey's dad talks about teachers and the teacher that he never got to thank for how much of a change that she made in his life. Do you have any teachers that you you always wish that you got a chance to thank, or do you have teachers that you are grateful that you did get to thank? Did, I mean, I feel like the people who really connect with the show and connect with Feeney on some level relate to at least that one teacher who really like believed in them and put them on a on a good road. Yeah, I think I have I have a couple teachers. Um in 5th grade in particular, I was able to thank one of them. Yeah. Uh, the other one was as she was my math teacher in 5th grade. I was really bad at math and really struggled and all my friends were in the more advanced math classes, so I always felt stupid in comparison but she was very supportive very encouraging um and I was able to thank her in fifth grade but my my main like homeroom teacher uh Miss Bracken actually um she and I actually started off that year rough like she was kind of mean to me and favored my friends like I was part of like the popular fifth grade crowd if that even can exist um but she and I started off a little rough. And I remember going home one day and kind of crying to my mom. I was like, you know, I don't understand. I feel like she doesn't like me and I, I don't know what to do. And I guess my mom, she, she's always been a little bit uh, of an outspoken woman, called her and was like, you know, my daughter feels like you don't like her. Like you're kind of singling her out. Like what's going on? And there was a change after that. And Miss Bracken started treating me differently. But it wasn't even just because my mom called her I think she took the time to get to know me better and she's been a teacher that has always stood out to me since then and I never got a chance to thank her really but she is definitely my favorite elementary school teacher the one I remember the most Um, and then in high school I moved the very end of my sophomore year I moved out of state and so I started my junior year in a new school and I was in chemistry class with a bunch of new people I'd never met before in my life. And in chemistry, I had Mr. Wallace, and he was this old man. It was actually his last year of teaching before he retired. And he was so dry, so monotone, but he interact, interacted with me differently than he did the other kids because I was new. So he had more fun with me. He sort of talked me up to, like, the boys in the class, like, in yeah. front of everyone. <laughs> and just made me feel better about being new. I think he understood that being 16, almost 17, and starting over is hard. I had grown up with the same kids my entire life, and then I was switched out. So after he retired, I never saw him again. I don't even know if he's still alive. I don't know what he's doing. So I never got to thank him. And it wasn't even just the education part of it. It was just the making a new kid feel safer, more comfortable in her environment. And then... In college, I had a professor, my main professor, because for journalism and mass communication, since that was my major, um, Professor Dorsten. She was, she's shorter than me, and I'm pretty short. you're pretty tiny. She's this sassy little woman, doesn't take shit from anyone, and she pushed me to be the absolute best I could. She would not settle for less than my best, and she knew what my best was, and anything below that, no patch to redo it. Push, push, push. Yeah. And I respect her so much. She was by far my favorite professor 
in all of my college years. And I still, sometimes I seek her out, like, to see where she's at now because she switched colleges because um, I wanted to do, like, an online course. She was phenomenal. So, yeah, I think there's definitely teachers, obviously, that yeah. I want to have the ability to thank. Um, yeah, I, I think for me, there's a lot that I think just, I'm trying to think how to word this. You know me pretty well, mm-hmm. I would say, even though we've only really known of each other for about three, maybe four years. Like in our time working together, we've opened up to each other a lot about like different struggles with self-esteem and anxiety. So for me, um, a lot of the teachers that really mattered to me and made a difference were the ones that recognized something in me that I'm just now starting to realize, which is that I am different than other people and that that's okay. Because mm-hmm. uh, for the longest time, I was ashamed of that and I would feel like I wasn't as good as other people and I wasn't as smart as other people. And there was a handful of teachers that recognized that I just needed someone to tell me it was okay. And I think the teachers that were willing to step out of their comfort zone just enough to do that, uh, and that continued into like my day-to-day life. You know, having... Um, being very lucky to have people that even that I work with that aren't afraid to just occasionally message me and say like, you know, you're doing a great job or, you know, mm-hmm. like you're a good person. Like sometimes it helps to just be reminded that, that you're doing okay because it's so easy to get hard on yourself about every little thing. And I think that um, is kind of what separates the good teachers from the best teachers. Yeah. They're able to recognize that every kid is different. Every kid has unique struggles and temperaments. And to be able to encourage... And adjust. And adjust and discipline when necessary even... Yeah. Can really shape the outcome of that child. Like, that, they can shape who that kid grows up to be. And really sort of nurture more sensitive sides or... Or more, you know, obedient sides even. Some kids are, are rough, but they respond to a gentler voice or more stern voice. And teachers can kind of recognize that. And like you said, adapt. Yeah. And that's what separates, you know, the teachers that are memorable. So this is where the episode goes from very scary to extremely heartfelt towards the end. Um, Corey decides to take a bus and he visits Feeney in the hospital. And uh, <laughs> Feeney's a little flirty with Nurse Jill. Um, but there's three different quotes that happen in pretty rapid succession that I think are worth uh, focusing on. One, I think, is a very important quote that really sums up Feeney's character throughout the rest of the show when he says, in a strange way, you're what's keeping me alive. Yeah. And, like, that line, like, hit hard for me when that happened because I think that it's true. Like... There's all the jokes about, like, Feeney, you know, is always their teacher and he's always their principal. And, like, yeah, it's, like, an easier way to do storytelling. But I think it's also that Feeney finds something in Corey and Sean that he couldn't find in other students. Which was that he, throughout the rest of the show, it really feels like he sees that these are two good kids who could very easily get lost in the shuffle and that he has enough influence on them to make sure that they stay on the right side of the line. And, you know, like, I... 
I don't think that there's any Boy Meets World fan out there who can say that they don't get teary-eyed in the final episode when, you know, Feeney's final words to them is just do good. Yeah. Like, it's so, it's two simple words, but it's it's what he's been trying to teach them for seven seasons mm-hmm. is you're good people. Do good things. Do good things. You're so right. Um, I think that is really impactful. It's almost like he he has unfinished business yeah. with that group of kids. Because he says, he, I can't die. I have too many things left to do. Yeah, and he just intends to see it through. And he does. And then that leads to when Corey leaves the room, he says, thank you. And Mr. Feeney says, for what? And he says, I don't know yet. He doesn't. (laughs) He'll know at the end. He knows at the end. Uh, And I I think that that's, it's cool to retroactively look at these Mm -hmm. episodes because, you know, you have to take every show with a grain of salt that they always wrote it expecting that they would never get past the first season. Yeah. But I feel like this episode, I think the reason why I like this episode so much was that this was, this feels very much like the episode that they wrote when they found out they were going to get a couple more seasons and they could really expand on this teacher-student relationship Yeah. for the first time. Um, and then Feeney comes home to find Corey trying to fix his duck. And the final quote that really, I think, touches on the whole show is he says, your puny plant has the potential to grow with the proper teacher. Proper gardener. The pro- I'm sorry, proper gardener. Yeah. Um, and I just think that that's such a an, another just really powerful, touching statement about what Feeney represents to this show and what a good teacher represents. And a part of me wonders if he is implying that you know, this puny plant can grow with the proper gardener. And, and at first thought you think he's talking, he's referring to himself as the gardener. Like, you yeah. know, with the right teacher, you can be taught and really bloom into this great person. But I also, the way I interpreted it at first was Corey's the gardener. Yeah. I think that, I think that there's something to be, if you talk to, um, I'm going to, I'm going to take this in a slightly religious tilt, which I never normally do, but, uh, I actually went to church this past Sunday and the sermon was so powerful that I actually stood up and applauded, which I've never felt compared to do. But, uh, one of the things that the pastor said was, when you're living a life of love, you're not changing people's lives. You're letting people's lives change you. And I feel like that's so much of what this show is about. Is just as much as Feeney changes Corey and Sean and, and touches on these people's lives, he is a student to them as well. And oh, I think absolutely. A good, a good teacher learns from every single person. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's... And that's not even with... That's with life. Like, if you're not, if you're not living a life where you're letting other people impact your life in a positive way, then you're living so shut off from the world. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the end of this. What Boy Meets World ended up being, it's about meeting the world, stepping out of the comfort zone, and like embracing the people around you and and developing as a, a fully formed human being. And this yeah. is definitely the episode that starts it on that path. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, so unless you have anything else you wanted to mention about this particular episode, I want to jump into the, the second half of the show whenever I have someone on for the first time. Um, do you have, what's your, what's your like, 
What's your relationship with Boy Meets World? Were you a, a TGIF watch it every night, uh, every Friday night person, or did you catch it later on when it was rerun on the Disney Channel, or what was your both? Opinion? So I started watching it on TGIF through my older siblings. Okay. Um, caught it there, enjoyed it. I mean, I loved the whole TGIF lineup. Yeah, it was great, and then. Started it again when Disney began re-airing it. And I think that's when I really got hooked. Like, I had seen them before, and I enjoyed them. But I was a little older when Disney did it. And so some of it became, like, much more relevant. Yeah. Um, And I remember being in middle school and spending my spring break just (laughs) binge-watching Boy Meets World to, like, 3 in the morning. I thought I was so cool. I was up till (laughs) 3 in the morning. Um, But, yeah, that's when... I think that's when it had the most impact on me, was the second watch through, as a slightly older child when Disney was rerunning them. Um, and do you have, like, a favorite Boy Meets World moment? Like, is there or a specific episode that you find yourself revisiting? Or even so, a favorite quote? So, I started watching it again when it was on Hulu. Yeah. And I've been binging them. And oddly enough, I really like the one episode. It might even... Be in season one, I know we talked about it recently, yeah. um, but it's the episode, I believe it's a Christmas episode, and Corey is wondering like what to get Sean, or so, or something of that nature, something to do with gifts. I know he's worrying about a gift. I think it is the first, is it the one where he finds out that Sean's dad had just been fired, so he wants to try to give Sean a good Christmas? Because, yeah. Yeah, that is first season. And Feeney says something along the lines of, you know... A, a true friendship is, is about, you know, giving someone something and not expecting anything in return. Like, that's what a real friendship is. And that stands out to me. And I heard it, like, I it kind of Boy Meets World um, on in my apartment, just kind of playing in the background while I was ri- uh, writing the speech for um, my best friend's wedding. I, I was her bridesmaid and I was giving a speech and I was trying to sum up like what being friends with her was like, and I heard Feeney say that, and I like rewound it, and I was like, "Wait, what? Say this again, Feeney. I gotta yeah. hear this." And he said it again. And I was like, "That's perfect. That it is what friendship is, and that is what I have in my friendship with with her." So it was just this really lucky, random, and maybe like meant to be moment that I heard that and it's just stuck with me since then and that was only a few months ago yeah um so as a 28 year old I'm just you know Feeney's still teaching me to this day but that's probably right now my favorite moment all right well that's that's awesome um and that's pretty much the I mean that's the episode keep them fairly short unlike the Disneyto's podcast Disneyto gets a little long <laughs> Uh, but again, um, check out Disneyto podcast. Uh, your best bet is to try to find us on iTunes or go to geekscape.net uh, and that has the link to iTunes and all of the other places that you can find it. Um, by the time this comes out, episode one is out, uh, and in just, uh, 48 hours, the top five Disney songs episode is going to be <laughs> coming out. That one's almost crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, crazy. uh... Thank you again, Brooke. Uh, we'll Thank try you. to get you back in for season two at some point. Absolutely. I love Boy Meets World. Good morning, Miss Matthews. Mr. Feeney, you're home early. Well, I got most of my strength back. Besides, they replaced Nurse Jill with Nurse Larry. 
I think it was time to leave. I'm trying to fix your duck. Yeah, so I see. Thank you. Why don't you take a break and uh, help me plant this? You're putting my puny plant in the ground? Your plant, though immature and undeveloped, has within it the potential to grow and flower. With the help of a proper gardener. You think so? Oh, yes. As long as no one wishes it ill.